BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. I just keep calling her uh, Scarf, Scarf Lady, because she's always got a scarf on. But what, what, what is her title? Dr. Burks. Yeah. She is the uh, the, she's cor- a the White House's coronavirus response coordinator. She oh. is a doctor. Oh, who yeah. always wears a lovely coronavirus! scarf. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! That's the one! Cardi, thank you. That's not Dr. Burks screaming. That's Cardi B. You know, coronavirus! Was it Dr. Burks who reminded us most eloquently that coronavirus is the great equalizer? It's the great equalizer. No, that it's was actually an... not, you naked jackass. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was a nude Madonna that gave us that gem, yes. not Dr. Burks. Here she is standing with the president yesterday afternoon. So we've talked about also how people make choices because of their jobs that they have to come in. You'll notice I was not here over the weekend. I think this is the part that we really need to take personal responsibility for. Saturday... Had a little low grade fever. <laughs> so, actually, probably a GI thing. But you know, I'm meticulous. I'm a physician. I looked it up. I ended up 
piggy bank. I'm from Walter Reed, so I got a test late Saturday night, and I'm negative. I stayed home another day just. Just to make sure. That's how we protect one another. So Trump stepped away from her when she said she had a fever. <laughs> he actually gave the. <laughs> uh, I I know some people that have quarant- done the self quarantining thing on some pretty mild symptoms. You know, it's everybody's got to make these choices, but first the fever, serious fever, then usually the dry cough. Um, if, if you don't have the fever, forget it. I don't pers- worry about I it. I personally know some people who have been quarantined for quite a while now over some aches and pains and stuffy nose. Maybe you can I can't do that. No, I no. So I got to go to work. Well, and it strikes me as, as, as silly anyway. I'm a talk show host. I'm meticulous, to quote the doctor. Uh, what else do I have? Oh, so coming up in just a moment or so, the best news I've heard this week. Oh, no. Because I the, know what's coming. And the worst news I've heard yeah, this week. They always go to uh, I tell you what. And they're both. Somebody's going to give you the best news. They're going to give you the worst The news. worst news is astounding. Can't keep it to themselves. The worst news is astounding if it turns out to be true. So I hope you can stay tuned for that. How did South Korea flatten their curve so fast? A lot of people are looking into this. This might be studied for uh, centuries to come, honestly, when it comes to pandemics and epidemics. I think it will probably be a term of art. Yeah, the South Korean response. Have you watched any of, is it Netflix that's got uh, the, the series on pandemics? It's, it's a, like, a, it's like a, a documentary about it. I have not. And it was put together a year or so ago. And they, they just spell out, like, word for word what's happening. And keep saying, it will happen. So we need to prepare prepared for this, and this is what it would look like, and it will happen. No, it won't. I rewatched the movie Contagion, so it's practically oh, the I same d- thing. Who told me to watch that? <laughs> Everybody. We didn't make ten minutes into that movie. Good God. Oh, so mom dies right in front of her kid, who happens to be the same age as ours, and then the kid dies tragically in his bed. We're out. Don't really need that. Now, I did like them peeling Gwyneth's face off. Finally. They're in the hospital room, but... A little over the top. No wonder it was a failure when it first came out, that movie. Um, the thing that oogs you out, though, is so, like, Gwyneth's sitting at the airport at the beginning, and she's she's all sweaty and, like, glow. she's on the phone, so you can tell yeah. she's a little, eh, it feels so good. And then she's eating the peanuts there at the bar at the uh, airport, sticking her hand in the peanuts. Oh. And then the waitress comes over and grabs the credit card over out of her hand and then goes over to the computer terminal and starts touching that screen to type in your bill. Yeah. And you just see it all playing out in front of you thinking, oh, my God. Do they, like, make the the various objects glow red just to make sure you get it or, like, focus in (laughs) and get really tight on them? It's pretty heavy-handed. Yeah, okay. It's uh, the the, the dimmest among us could catch on what's going on there. Excellent. There's a reason that movie was a failure when it first came out. movie for me. But how did South Korea do it? At its peak... They identified 909 new cases in a single day. And the country of 50 million people appeared on the verge of being overwhelmed. But less than a week later, the number of new cases halved. Within four days, it halved again, and then halved again the next day. Now, that's a fast response and drop in the other direction. On Sunday, South Korea reported only 64 new cases, the fewest in nearly a month. South Korea is one of only two countries with large outbreaks. The other one's China, and they might be lying to us. To flatten the curve of new infections. China's either lying to us or or good for you. You flatten the curve by literally bolting people's doors shut yeah. and allowing them to die. So that's not really a model of how to deal with this. Now, come on, China. 
But South Korea did it without those kind of restrictions and without damaging the economy like they're doing in Europe and the United States right right now. Uh, lesson number one, intervene fast before it's a crisis. Just one week after the country's first case was diagnosed, government officials met with representatives from several medical companies, and they urged the companies to begin immediately developing coronavirus test kits for mass production. We didn't do that in the United States because the CDC lied to the states and everyone else in the government about their capability. So we thought we were able to do that. That, that story needs to be revisited when this is over. No, you know, well, I'll tell you what will happen. There will be a study. Few will hear about it. Nobody will lose their job or their lifetime pension. And nobody will be filed I'd, away and collect dust. I'd be willing to bet money on that. Right. No one will lose their job. Somebody might be reassigned if a name burbles up. But nobody will lose their job or their pen, their government pension. Right. Having lied to the state. So it's, oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, read the Wall Street Journal article about it. It's freaking amazing. Oh, yeah, we got plenty of kids. We're, we're on top of this. And they didn't. Just were not ready to go. Anybody who's done any serious reading about the Soviet Union and how it functioned is familiar with the idea of somebody at the CDC, some officials in charge of masks or, or uh, you know, the production being ready the, to make more as needed or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they're just a little lazy. They didn't care. They're a government hack. But they told the people above them, oh, it's going fine. Who told the people above them, oh, yeah, check the box. It's going fine. And then the head of the CDC hears from his people, it's fine. And he tells the president, oh, yeah, we're fine. Because some bureaucrat down there is lazy and a piece of crap and can't be fired. And and so, you know, it filters upward, the bad info. And and you got a uh, a factory reporting they're cranking out 500 tractors a week. They haven't made 500 tractors in the last decade. In the Soviet Uh Union, for instance. Uh Uh-oh. Those they made don't run. Lesson two, test early, (laughs) often, and safely. South Korea has tested far more people than any other country. They've conducted over 300,000 tests for a per capita rate of more than 40 times that of the United States. That would make such a difference because we want to transition to this. This This is the way you handle these things. To spare hospitals and clinics from being overwhelmed, officials opened 600 testing centers to screen all these people. Once you started screening these people and finding out who tested positive, because right now we're all guessing. Like I was talking about people I know who've got the sniffles and they're staying home. Might be a smart thing to do, but it hurts the economy. Um, they can't go to work. Then people that were around them think they ought to stay home. When if they got tested, they can say, I'm clear. Yeah. All of you can go out and about. Uh, when someone tests positive, health workers retrace the patient's recent movements to find test, and if necessary, isolate anyone the person may have had contact with, a process known as contact tracing. That is the key to the whole thing, but you have to have testing to be able to pull it off. That's where we're going to end up this summer. Uh, Hopefully, almost certainly, somewhere in the summer. Um, We'll be able to lighten up on the economic crackdown. We'll go back to our normal life and all that sort of stuff, but we're going to start tracing everybody who tests positive. You test positive, and they're going to go back through your life and all those Mm -hmm. people. That's how you stop these things. I heard, I believe it was from one of the president's men and women at the press conference that by this weekend we ought to be up and running with drive through testing and millions of tests nationwide. I hope. It's about time. I would say that's an embarrassment. It's worse than an embarrassment. Obviously, it's going to kill people. It's it's ruining the economy, all that sort of stuff. But God, we're, we're the sort of country that's supposed to be doing what South Korea did. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be the model for the world with our wealth and efficiency and right. f- free press and everything else. Mm-hmm. Well, part of the problem was we're such a mature democracy, we have added layer upon layer upon layer of regulations. 
And one of the the things, one of the beautiful things that the president's been able to do is just summarily say this is an emergency. We're getting rid of those regulations. There's a long breakdown. I don't remember if it was the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post did going through all that sort of stuff that you're just talking about. And it is depressing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I actually have that right over here. It's It's, depressing. Yeah. It's incredibly informative. It'll 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 suck the will to live out of you if you're looking for that. When you see when you see how many layers of rules and bureaus and this and that that stopped any sort of fast response for trying to come up with a vaccine or the right medicine or the testing kits or the masks or anything. Right. It's just it's just uh, layers and layers of crap. Trying to build a utopia, trying to perfect everything, including a process for. For instance, using a malaria drug to treat coronavirus, if it seems um, promising. That one they got done pretty quickly because we were already into an emergency. But, yeah, it is absolutely shocking the extent to which these things just pile up on each other. So if, for instance, you want to um, you want to produce a bunch of testing kits, you got to have five different agencies check it off in a particular order. Each has its review process. And then after all five check it off, it goes back to agency number one, who then can put the big red check mark on it and then pass it up to yet a sixth agency that then must blah, blah, blah. It's just, it's mind boggling. Anybody who's ever like tried to get a house built knows how this sort of thing goes, but. You know, this is this is why all for years and years we I have been sarcastically saying, "How's your utopia coming along?" This this enemy being uh, perfect being the enemy of good enough is a disease that catches on in um in mature uh, societies. But anyway, we can deal with that more specifically at another time. But uh, the one theme that we've been hitting a lot today is the idiotic false narrative you're hearing in a lot of mainstream media. I just uh, heard it again, CNN. God, those, that is so news for stupid people. That the medical experts say we must remain quarantined. The president is talking about opening the economy. Why is the president ignoring the doctors? Stay with us. I mean, seriously. Seriously. I, how dumb are you? I promise the, the best thing I've heard. Oh, that's right. And the worst thing I've heard. And the value of perching. All very important things. Now, the best and worst thing, does that have to do with the uh, the coronavirus? Absolutely. The value of perching has to, do with, your, has to do with your spine. Okay. So all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want America to understand, this week, it's going to get bad. Yeah, that's the Surgeon General of the United States on the Today Show. It's going to get bad. You don't generally hear government officials say that sort of thing in any administration. Look, there are going to be some bumpy spots, but I just want people to really know the government's on their side and working hard every day. I want people to know it's going to get bad. Yep. Coronavirus! Uh, and, That's it. You know, I'm, I'm for that sort of thing. Here's uh, Dr. Craig Spencer of New York Presbyterian Columbia University Medical Center. This is what he said yesterday. Uh, you might hear people saying it isn't real. It is. You might hear people saying it isn't bad. It is. You might hear people saying it can't take you down. It can. I survived Ebola, and I fear COVID-19. Stay home, he says. Coronavirus! 
stay home unless you can't stay home, unless you got to work. Right. Trying to you got get today. drunk before everything closes. Oh boy, you got you got you got you got rent, you got kids, you got whatever. Easier said than done for a lot of people. If you have the sort of lifestyle where that's a possibility, then it's a possibility. But if you don't, that's that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Indeed. You know, we were talking. Go ahead. Do you have more there? Um, I got the best thing and worst thing I heard. Okay. You yeah. Want that? Better probably ought to hit that. Yeah. And then I want to return to the theme of the false narrative being sold in the media when everybody listening, everybody, all of you are easily intelligent enough to understand that this is a push and pull. It's a balancing act. And we are. Uh, day by day, reassessing what the balance is. So do you want the best thing I've heard, the best news I've heard in a long time, or the worst news I've heard in a long time? First, you mean? The worst news might I, be the worst news I've heard ever on this. Jeez. Uh, no, I always want to end with the good news. Okay. I, I like the fresh, minty taste of good news in my mouth as I walk away from the table. The CDC published a report yesterday. They took a look at that cruise ship that had all the people on it with the coronavirus, and they found coronavirus, the actual virus that was living on cruise ship services 17 days after the passengers left the ship. Far longer than any previous research indicated it could. Can I uh, drop an S-bomb right after the word holy? 17 days? So they're on the... I'm was guessing- that in some particular cruise ship goo? That's left behind by the people? Would it be any different than the kind of goo you got around your house or your business or anywhere else you go? cruise ship goo is uh, double gooey. It's a sickener. If the coronavirus could live 17 days on a surface. Yikes. I don't know how you'd ever get ahead of it. Obviously, you can because we've seen it happen in South Korea. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Well, here's my good news. This is the best news. Because Italy, we're tracking with Italy in so many different ways. Um, uh, in the way they're just several weeks ahead of us. So everybody's been looking at the chart. The curve is almost exactly the same, the same. Well, Italy yesterday, the second straight day that new cases fell there, it'd been going up, 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 steady fell on Saturday. Everybody thought, okay, that might be a blip fell again on Sunday. So now maybe, maybe they're over the hump. Maybe that's going to go the other direction now. So that is definitely good news. That would be fantastic news, given what we were discussing yesterday, which is the huge number of Chinese nationals who live in the northern part of New Jersey. New Jersey. Italy. That's a weird mistake to make. <laughs> One's shaped like a boot. The other is vaguely footballish. No, there's no explaining With it. With a lot of Italians, though. Well, they're oh! both. They're, you know what? It's a good point. Uh, but anyway, the huge number of Chinese nationals there in Italy. Um, and, and the older population and the, the, yeah. So that's extra double good news. Well, and thank God South Korea is an example out there of how you can get ahead of this thing. Cause if you, if you didn't have a country out there with that success and you heard about the virus hanging around for 17 days and everything like that, you'd think, holy cow, where's this going? Yeah. But yeah. there's a country out there that's whipped it. So we can do the same. Now, New York is just exploding in the number of cases. Yeah. And uh, I heard Bill de Blasio mentioned this earlier. He was on uh, Fox and Friends. Bill de Blasio, the liberal, tall, uh, obnoxious mayor of New York. Um, and, and he was a presidential candidate for like a cup of coffee. Huh? <laughs> you know, he Bare- wasn't. Uh, but barely I a cup of coffee. I think he was, Sean. Anyway, so he's an obnoxious individual. But he and the Fox and Fiends people were being very respectful, all pitching in together. They're all New Yorkers, for one thing, um, trying to figure out what's needed and what's going to happen and the rest of it. It was, it was nonpartisan. It was very nice. It's the way America ought to operate. 
uh, to whatever extent is possible. Um, but de Blasio said uh, March is going to be terrible. He's afraid April's going to be worse than March and May's going to be worse than April. Now, let's hope he's wrong. But that's what we're all trying to figure out day by day. And is and are other cities, town, whatever, uh, wherever you live, are, are they just behind? I mean, they're going to be where New York is in a couple of weeks. You're just behind. Or did we distance early enough we're never going to have that problem? I don't know. Nobody knows. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Set me free. Michael, I know Brandon, the breaking news donkey's wearing a mask, but he'll have to break through the mask. We have breaking news. Breaking news. When news breaks, the donkey breaks. I don't know if it can be transmitted to a donkey and back, but Brandon is wearing a mask. Anyway, what's our breaking news, Sean? Uh, India's prime minister has ordered a lockdown of all 1.3 billion with a B people in the country for 21 days due to the coronavirus pandemic. Whoa! That's right. Three weeks? What is that going to look like? You talk about a hit to your economy. One point. Well, first of all, it looks like in their country, the... The president does have the authority to do that because in our country they don't. That the governors so have many to do it. people. Oh yeah, and it, I can't imagine that makes sense. We were talking about this earlier. So the governor of California says, uh, you know, announces for the state a, a lockdown. Well, the, the 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 rural area in the foothills—they're social distancing every day of their lives. They can't help it. Um, they can't help it. Do you really need to close down some of those things? It, it just doesn't make sense to me that the urban areas and the rural area, the, the small towns in the rural areas all get the same treatment. They're doing it for India. Mumbai, the same as, uh, God, places where they're out in a field with a, with a, with a, with a, a, a mule and a old tiny steel hoe digging up some dirt. Not only do they not have a toilet, they've never seen one. I don't imagine those people have a, a month's salary in the bank either. Um, the starving poor in India, so we'll have to see how that Boy, goes. Boy, that's an experiment. Lockdown for 1.3 billion people for 21 days? Yeah. We're, we're talking in America. Smart people are talking about whether or not it's a good idea for us to shut down for 15 whole days. They're going to shut down for 21 days? Coronavirus! Yeah. Well, given population density and, and lack of sanitation and a not exactly 21st century medical system in India, that's probably a good idea. It's the great equalizer. You know what? It's not really you. Boy. Naked jackass. You know who you turn to in a crisis? The artists. It's the great equalizer. Okay. We turn to our artists. Please get a robe or pajamas or something and put them on. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jack is trying to incite panic. Uh, A doctor friend of mine (laughs) sent this along. The CDC says coronavirus traces lasted 17 days on a cruise ship, but there's no evidence of a transmission risk. It's some of the RNA of the thing, but you can't get it from that. Hmm. They're just surprised to still see it around. And then they talk about how, you know, they found it in a lot of uh, healthy asymptomatic passengers' rooms as well, but that's not a surprise, as my doctor friend puts it, because we already knew that um that people can be asymptomatic asymptomatic and have it one more note i i have a feeling my doctor friend wouldn't mind me revealing this because we're talking about this later um i go from calm and happy to crazy panic 10 times a day and i theoretically have a better understanding of these things 
Uh, I think it's absolutely normal. We're, we're having, all of us, periods where we're getting really discouraged and depressed for some reason that we can't quite put a finger on and and worried or then thinking we're going to be fine. Everything's going to be, it's, it's a cycle. You, it's okay. Uh, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about worrying. Everybody's worrying. Having said that, Jack mentioned the great question before us, which everybody but the news media is approaching in a calm and deliberate way is what's the balancing act between saving lives and ruining the economy? How much damage are we willing to do the economy to save how many people? I mean, if we could save 10 people by reducing the United States to poverty, would we do that? No. No, we wouldn't do that. Some people would vote yes for that. Well, those people ought to get out of the way because they're, they're, they're dreamers. I'm sure they're very sweet people, but they need to get out of the way. We make trade-offs like that all the time in society. Got a great note from a first responder. I'll dig it up about that very thing. For instance, we don't spend the money to have a major advanced hospital in every town in America. It would be too expensive. And sometimes people have a heart attack in a little town in America, and they die because they're too far from the hospital. So we make those value judgments all the time. There isn't an ambulance on every block waiting to whisk you away. It would be too expensive. We make a trade-off. So the idea that that if this saves even one person, I mean, that's just again. We could really clamp down on uh, reckless, drunk driving, all that sort of stuff, and save tens of thousands of lives every year. But we've decided for freedom, cost, all kinds of different things, we don't want to. Right. Yeah, it's another good example. Uh, Ryan Bourne, who's a You could outlaw smoking. Half a million people die every year from smoking. Right. You could outlaw it. We don't. Mm Mm-hmm. Ryan Bourne, who's a thinker economist, he's with the Cato Institute. He's written a really good string on Twitter um, about the, the balancing act that everybody but the idiot media is fine with and understands it's a push and pull. They want to make it all about Trump and claim that Trump is disagreeing with his advisors, which is just, you, you people, you're just, you're awful. You're bad at your jobs. You're a bunch of would-be models or actors who can read a teleprompter. You're, you're numbskulls, you're phonies, and you're pitching fake conflict. Anyway, and discreet. But what Ryan Bourne is writing is with the debate starting on whether the economic cure is worse than the disease, uh, many e- economists on my timeline in print are starting to undertake cost-benefit analyses of COVID action. Here's some thoughts about their headline results. Et Given a human life is incredibly valuable, like a stock, and much of the GDP impact induced by policy is likely to be temporary, it's incredibly hard to model a situation where doing nothing by the government is better than saving lives right now. But almost nobody is proposing that. Uh, I see people of all persuasions and uh, making errors here, big judgment calls. Um, You know, this gets a little technical. But the cost of health of doing nothing would vastly exceed the direct cost of deaths if demand for treatment went above hospital capacity. Um, You know what? Maybe I'll just post this. I'll retweet it so you can read it yourself. But the long and short of it is we all know there is a cost to inaction, and there is a cost to action. And we need to figure out how much of each is appropriate, and we're working through that. Um, uh, it's wrong to presume the economic contraction is all due to government policy, for instance. Jack was pointing this out before. 
Even if government stopped mandates, a lot of people would avoid certain situations because they don't want to die. And a lot of people would keep their businesses closed because they ain't got no customers. Right, exactly. So, yeah, let's let's just be reasonable and intelligent about it. Oh, speaking of reasonable and intelligent, um, and we have a lot more to come on this topic and others, but if you're thinking about a home security system, whether it's the skyrocketing property crime these days as various... Uh, progressive policies have been instituted or whatever. You're thinking we want home security, but you don't want that long, messy installation, and you don't want a long-term contract with a company you might not end up liking. That's why Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system, award-winning protection. I mean, literally, it's won a bunch of different awards. And you could install it in your house 30 minutes to an hour tops, and we're talking about the stuff you want, the doorbell alerts and motion, glass break sensors, all that sort of stuff. Only costs 50 cents a day, no contracts, so you're not locked in for a year if you decide you don't like it. And I don't know why you wouldn't try it. Free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial. Yeah, and they have uh, outdoor cameras if you're interested in that sort of thing. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong today. You'll get free shipping and that 60-day risk-free trial. It's Simply Safe. As simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Do it today, or at least click around and learn about it. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Hey, old and dim people. Uh, if somebody calls you up and is that I'm sorry, is that old people and dim people or people who are both old and dim? Two different groups. Okay. Uh, you could obviously there's overlap. You there might old, be old and sharp. You might be young and dim. There are old dim people that were dim people their whole lives, right? And now are just aged dim people. Mm-hmm. There are people that become dim as they got older. I probably should have just let you go ahead. <laughs> Uh, if you get a phone call that says for a free testing kit delivered overnight to your home, press one, it's a scam. Yeah. And it's catching gazillions of people oh, because yeah. they're desperate to get a testing kit. But that's not a real thing. So don't press one on your phone. Well, and, All right. unless you have severe symptoms, you don't need a testing kit. And if you're reasonably young and healthy, you're going to be fine in a few days anyway. They uh, announced, the the lovely Dr. Burks there, the head of the White House response team, announced that 99% of the deaths in Europe have been folks over 50 with multiple underlying health problems. That's something. Three or four in most cases. Yeah, Yeah. so there are young people who are getting hurt, they're dying, they're having to be hospitalized. Into it's, it's I rare. wouldn't ignore it as a youngster, but it is quite rare. Yeah, and so then the, the, that even adds to the, the question of shutting down the world's biggest economy and how much damage it does to everyone when people are getting sick that uh, have lots of health problems already. Yeah, I would love to hear the president's people come up with a plan, and I'll bet they are. In fact, I can guarantee they are, whereby we figure out in a very serious, careful way, who is the most vulnerable and figure out how to keep them safe. And the rest of us will get back to, uh, you know, running around on the anthill and producing the world's greatest economy, uh, and, and, and we'll see the stock market zoom back upward. So that's what they're working on. Well, but, but again, and, and I'm sorry to belabor the point, I just, every single day I see it. If you're taking in the world through the lens of the mainstream media, you're getting such a terrible, distorted view of it. There is almost nothing but cooler heads prevailing right now. Everybody's thinking it through, weighing the costs and benefits. The only harem-scarum jackasses in the world are on cable news and some of our major newspapers. They are despicable. Uh, I'd like to stick a swab full of Corona up their nose. One more note on this. Coronavirus! Because I'm a man of peace! One more note on this, and then I'll shut up about it. 
I do want to talk about Zoom coming up, as that's taking over our lives. Yuval Levin, I don't know if you know who he is, but man, he's a super smart guy, and I've read read a couple of his books. Anyway, he's got a long piece in The Atlantic right now, which is definitely not a right-wing outlet, all right? (laughs) Uh, He said, right now we need to pause. In order to restrain the spread of the virus, we put our lives on hold with work, school, and play all shut down, safe distance from one another. At the same time, however, the pause we are in cannot last even for the medium term. This is the first person I've heard say this. The notion that this is how we're going to handle the virus until a vaccine is available or until it goes away, the most intense social distancing with no school or work for large segments of society, the idea that it's going to go on for several months is absurd. No no policymaker should take it seriously. Agreed. He's saying even for a couple of months, it's absurd. I do think that shutting down school for the whole year seems to be premature to me. God, that's till June. What is it, March? Yeah, I guess, yeah. School gets out in mid-June. Yeah, I would agree. I was shocked by that. I, I was, uh, I'm was. i shocked by some of the things being canceled in July, for instance, and commencement uh, ceremonies in June. It just seems premature. I don't understand why, but uh, I agree with them completely. I think we'll have a much, much, much better handle on the epidemiology of this thing, how it spreads, how quickly it spreads, who's going to die, the rest of it. And 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 we're we're using a giant blunt sledgehammer approach to deal with this right now, which is probably appropriate right now. But we got to get a hell of a lot more surgical. We can't wreck the economy and and, and decimate everybody's life savings over the course of years. So Just you, can't. So you're doing things from home. How you should sit? You need to perch, not sit. We'll explain that coming up. Also, what, zoom. Like a Everybody's Zooming, things you need to watch out for with Zoom, including remembering you're on camera all the time. (laughs) Stay tuned. All that on the way. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I read about, oh, I heard about an online toilet paper calculator <laughs> that tells you how long your supply will last. So if you think you're bored, imagine being the guy who just created an online toilet paper calculator. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon from his kitchen. Um, I tweet up my favorite funny tweet I saw yesterday was we're about six weeks from finding out everybody's true hair color. That's really funny. <laughs> and including, I think, this is not a big deal for women, although you'd be kind of curious. Well, She's completely gray. I've known her as a blonde all these years. But the most interesting will be the dudes. Because there's just I think there's an assumption <laughs> with dudes that that's your real hair color. Oh, boy. Oh, galley. So that'll be fun. The um, uh, jet black It's my real hair color. He dyed a little gray jet on the side. Jet black. Yeah, I do. Just to, to give myself a little gravitas. China's Minister of Foreign Affairs. Oh, what a treat he is tweeted out I really think the coronavirus has been in America for a while. Do you guys remember how sick everyone was during the holidays in early January and how everybody was saying that they had the flu and that the flu shot didn't work? That has been debunked by the way by a number of American news outlets that care to push back against the Chinese. Um most news outlets don't care to push back against the Chinese. They're they're perfectly happy to let them uh run their own narrative and back it up sometimes. That's right. If it can possibly it, hurt Trump. And if anybody tells you it's racist to call it the Chinese virus, you got to respond, that's what she said. Because that is precisely what Chairman Xi, the dictator of China, said. 
So a couple of things on... It's both clever and idiotic simultaneously. It's the Schrodinger's cat of responses. (laughs) Uh, That's a good one. Um, I'm all week. My daughter's third grade class has a Zoom meeting on Friday. Teachers are planning to use it for for some lessons. Yeah, that's that's, uh, being tried at various places with various levels of success and being liked at various levels on uh, all ends by students, parents, and teachers. So... That's a sweeping the nation, and there doesn't seem to be a consensus on whether or not this is helping, hurting, mm. working, educating, kill, just killing time, which might not be a bad thing. Well, Jack, it's um, uh, one of my favorite metaphors. It's gone from unheard to worn out in the space of like six weeks, but they're building the plane in midair. Yeah. Um, my brother teaches some college classes. I need to check back with him because the last time we chatted about it, they were at the stage of, what the hell are we going to do? I can see it working for high school kids or college kids or whatever. I don't know how well it's going to work for third and fourth graders. I'm going to find out here in the next couple of days. But My sister, also an educator, is um, dealing with how to keep kindergartners involved, Yeah, which is a real challenge. I mean, you practice, hey, hey, over here, over here, all day long. That's the way it is with kindergartners. So, yeah, it's an enormous challenge, but, you know. We'll get through it. I mean, it's not like if somebody misses three months of school, they'll be adult for the rest of the, their life. I mean, we'll like have this moronic generation that can't tie its shoes. Millions signing, signing their name with an X for the rest of their lives because right. they missed three months of school. Right. It's not like Jenga. If you pull out the three-month period, everything crumbles. We'll, we'll be fine. What's four plus two as an adult? I have no idea. No clue because of that uh, Coronavirus. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! <laughs> It is the great equalizer, though. It's the great equalizer. Many have wondered if uh, somehow the soap washed away her English accent. What happened there? (laughs) Um, And I get that sex pot has been part of your brand for 40 years, but give it a rest. Seriously. It's the great equalizer. Give it a rest. You're you're over 60. There are not over 60-year-old sex pots. I mean, you're you're sexy to other people of the same age, but just in general in society. sex life, sure. It's just, it's not a thing. You are no longer a pot of sex. Yeah, right. Just just give it a rest. There are 20-year-olds that have come along and taken your thing. Which is fine. Which is fine. It's It's like 60-year-olds showing up to training camp for the NFL. (laughs) It's just, there's not a spot for you there. So somebody told me you can put multiple people in FaceTime. That's something that happened in the last year or so. I wish I'd have known that yesterday. Yeah. I would have encouraged that with uh, my, uh, my my son's friend's moms, as opposed to signing up for Zoom, which I now have handed over all the information in my phone and probably everybody else's phones, too. Nah, I guess I'll be hearing from them soon. Yeah, Sean? Fine. yeah you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I just I just don't like doing that. It's free, though. I don't like the whole, this is free, and now I've tapped into your phone and I get to track everything. I'm anti that. I don't want to get more robocalls. I don't want to get more emails. Mm. If I can avoid it, I can. But here was a situation where I didn't think I could avoid it. So I signed up for freaking Zoom. But my son's just so happy. Oh, that's nice. Uh, that he's going to get to do multiple friends today. You're more concerned about your data than your son? I'm just asking. Obviously, I'm not. Completely I signed up for Zoom. Joke. <laughs> I did sign up for Zoom. See, he by, won out. By the way, the Joe Getty arguing unfairly clinics are continuing on Zoom. <laughs> So, if you'd like to learn how to argue unfairly, uh, you can look me up at, uh, anyway. And we just saw a great video of a big Zoom business conference in which one woman then went and sat on the toilet with the camera still on her. Whoopsie daisy. Ah, ah, ah. Was it Madonna? 
Yeah, I, we have it at armstrongandgetty.com. It, it's funny. It's not pornographic in any way. I did do one Zoom meeting the other night, and it was interesting. You can you can watch people and say, oh, he is so not paying attention. He's just scrolling through his phone right now. Well, didn't we hear that Zoom actually can do that for you? Like, if yeah. your eyes wander and such, yeah. they'll report on you. They'll narc you out. <laughs> you can, it can tell if you have different pages open and you're looking. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Wow. Hey, hey, mind your own business. <laughs> Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. What's out there is unknown. So at UC San Diego, out we go. Because to take on the challenges of the here and now, you got to get your feet wet, your eyes open, and your mind out there, way out there. Turning the unknown into cures, culture, and connections with each step forward. So pack a bag, a notebook, and some sandals, and get ready to look far and think further. UC San Diego. Learn more at ucsd.edu. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.